1: just go to cards.com. It's magical.
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Insider Daily. This is A. A. Ron, your favorite middle-aged white guy that has more children than the population of Luxembourg. I am going to interview Eric Trader, AKA at Bleed Opple Orange, on Twitter. He has been my eyes and ears down in training camp. He's going to record everything. He's been picking up while he's down there. All right when we come back. Welcome back to Finsider Daily. This is your Friday edition. Can't wait to get started for the weekend. Wanna bring Eric Trader on. He's been at Miami Dolphins training camp. When I was talking to Eric about coming on to the show, he just said he was on the road. And he said, "Sutton, there's someone eating a bowl of cereal right next to me." And for some, (laughs) I know Florida's really known for its bizarre stuff. Someone from Cleveland—it just seems made up. But I just want you to share any South Florida driving story that you have for the audience.
0: Uh, Well, uh, thanks for having me on, Sutton. Uh, It's a pleasure to be with you. Uh, Yeah, um, I will for uh, my native Floridians stipulate that like 65% of our drivers come from somewhere else. So it's not always us, but, uh, you know, like I said, I saw someone eating cereal, driving down to training camp the other day, (laughs) I've watched a guy get into a verbal argument, uh, between two lanes with an undercover cop on the highway and get immediately pulled over after the fact, uh, you know, a girl with her foot completely kicked out the driver's side window. With their head below the steering wheel, driving around. I I don't know how these people do it, man. I, I don't I don't understand it.
2: All right, let's get to football. And I mean, you have uh, how many training camps have you been to in your in your lifespan? Oof, uh,
0: this will probably be my like twenty third year going to these training camps. Good lord, you are
2: a saint. So. Okay, so here's what I want to kind of gather from you with this new coaching staff coming in. One of the things that I really anticipated was the way the coaching staffs just conducted practice. You know, the tempo, um, what, uh, how, how well oiled did it look? So I'm just curious. Compare this coaching staff to some of the previous ones and just kind of let us know what's your sense. Is there anything unique about the way this coaching staff approaches practice?
0: I, uh, you know, I will say that TNT wall, you know, kind of holding people accountable mid practice. I think that's a good idea. You know, it kind of keeps people in that mindset of not wanting to run over there and have to, in this hot Florida sun, tap this wall and then run right back and have to go back to practicing. Uh, I will say that there are times where I've felt it's a little bit sloppier than, you know, previous regimes. But, you know, given the benefit of the doubt, this is their first training camp running together. They're trying to still install these new systems. You know, sometimes you see guys where, you know, coaches are having to pull them out because they just don't know where they're supposed to be. And, you know, next man up is running in there if he knows where he's supposed to be. Uh, you know, I, I kind of translate that into a little bit of that early season once we get into the regular season, maybe a little bit of a slow start while they're still trying to implement these new uh, defensive and offensive
2: systems. I got you. So when you, when you're talking sloppy, we're just talking about like the the drops that you've seen and, and stuff like that. But have, have you seen, uh, an emphasis on teaching because what we've kind of been told thus far is that this coaching staff was really was going to approach training camp at full-fledged Confucius mode. So have you kind of noticed more teaching going on compared to even just say gazes? I will say yes. And I will say that it's not just coaches. I've
0: seen a lot more of the veteran players, you know, doing that little, hey, man, you know, when you're doing that, you know, take this step and it's easier. You know, that kind of mm-hmm. mentoring to the younger guys, you know, I'm starting to see a little bit more of that, like accountability for these veterans to pass on that knowledge for some of these younger guys, as well as coaches, you know, walking up to guys, breaking down what they want them to do and really just kind of walking them through the through the series of plays or the series of, uh, of exercises they expect them to do.
2: So let's stick with the coaches and let's go to what many would argue the number one storyline thus far. And that's what happened with the line coach and just the offensive line in general. It's there's been some position changes. So have you noticed a difference from the beginning of camp to present day where you can kind of feel a tangible difference? i
0: feel like they're starting to gel a little better and it looks like maybe they found their right uh combination of guys i think with uh calhoun and uh dieter Mm -hmm. uh you know there seems to be a little bit more chemistry than say you know last week last thursday you know day one where it's just kind of maybe everybody's still trying to feel each other out uh you know it definitely feels like today when you're going into these 11 on 11 drills you know, these running backs have the holes, you know, they know where they're supposed to be going. There are those cutback lanes. And, you know, I will say that there was definitely a marked difference from start of camp to, to today.
2: So do you think anything has to do with the fact that this coaching staff has emphasized conditioning? You mentioned the, the, the TNT wall earlier. Do you think because it's better conditioning that we're starting to, uh, make more uh, make more ground uh, in the trenches, specifically. Well,
0: you know, uh, as a native Floridian, I love that Florida sun. It's our home field advantage. You know, I want to see these guys sweating it out here in August, September, really kind of acclimating themselves, especially for those new guys that maybe came from colder areas, colder schools. Uh, you know, that truly is... A home field advantage that needs to be taken, you know, seriously. And you know, this is the, one of the first times I've seen a regime having guys running sprints, you know, at the end of practice. You know, really mm-hmm. kind of hammering home that you know we are going to be a well-conditioned team. You know, my uh, high school soccer coach once told us we might not be the best team on the field, but we will be the best conditioned one. And it kind of <laughs> feels like that's kind of like a similar mentality. You know, we might not have the best. Uh, overall players, but, you know, we'll be able to run
2: in the fourth quarter when
0: you're gassed.
2: Yeah, that, I mean, good point. Miami, just the creative evil genius to have the the blaring sun blazing on the opponent's sideline. Uh, so kudos to whoever was behind that brain trust. So let's kind of just look big picture as at the Dolphins roster. Give me a position group that you think is pretty – kind of easy to say this, this is how it's going to be, and then what's the group where you think is, wow, this is, this is pretty wide open?
0: I think that third running back spot right now is kind of a wide open competition.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, they've really been given lots of guys looks. I've seen flashes from uh, Mark Walton, uh, Gaskin, uh, the other kid, uh, uh, Laird. Uh, mm mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they're all getting looks in different spots, but, you know, I really beyond Kenyon Drake and Kalen Balage, you know, it's kind of a question mark. And I haven't seen anything in the, you know, five or six practices I've been to that really shows if there's any preference from this coaching staff for who's going to be that third guy.
2: Mm-hmm. And how about what's a pretty easy group for or at least an easy battle that you think uh, is gonna, is already kind of done?
0: You know, I think there's. It's hard to settle because I feel like there's a lot of fringe positions within each group that are still kind of up in the air and are open to, you know, kind of playing into this this best man plays mentality. You know, there are guys that are getting looks that we might not have even looked twice at that are actually producing. Uh, the kid we got from the CFL, Egweneon. Um, yeah, you know, he's been. Things, dealt- yeah. Got uh, get a lot of looks and he's been, you know, making a lot of plays, you know, and that's one of those guys where I would have been like, yeah, you know, Kiko, Raekwon, Jerome, that's your starting linebackers. But, mm-hmm. you know, it looks to be that they're they're high on this kid too. Uh, you know, same thing with wide receiver. You know, there's guys that, you know, are fighting for their lives and it's a deep group. You know, it's it's really hard to predict who's going to finally be that, you know, that final five or six, depending on how many they want to carry.
2: And one position I was particularly concerned about coming into the year was the the second corner position. I've actually heard some good things uh, about Eric Rose play, but I wanted to kind of get your your thoughts on just his your, your general impressions of him this camp so far.
0: So, with corners, I'm always you know if I'm not cursing your name. Then you must be doing something right. And I haven't had to look over in Rose direction and check out my you know roster card and be like, who's that? Who's number? What? You know, whatever his number is. So, you know, not having to to curse him in training camp, I think, is, uh, is a good sign. You know, at that position, it's, it's kind of one of those unsung positions when the ball doesn't come your way.
2: I can't imagine Floridians cuss during training camp. That would seem very unbecoming of you. So <laughs> I'm going. I'm going to go through. I'm just going to shout out some names, and I just want to, I want you to give us kind of your your beliefs on this player thus far. What you've seen in camp. All right. And uh, so I'm going to throw out the first name, and I'll admit that not much is going to deter me from. of of increasing my expectations for this person, but I'll be pleasantly surprised. Uh, I've heard good things about Devontae Parker so far. I want to throw his name out there. What do you think so far?
0: Listen, uh, like I said, you know, this is 20 plus years of camps for me. Uh, This is what the fourth camp that we've seen Devontae Parker, you know, he always pulls me in in training camp. And then the regular season comes around and I'm just like, where's that guy?
2: Hello.
0: And I don't, I don't know if it's a mentality thing or if it's truly, you know, he just can't stay healthy. I, I don't get it. You know, I just, mm-hmm. I, he's, he's out there and he's making these leaping grabs and training camp. You know, he had one today at the corner and you're like, yes, that's, that's the guy we drafted. And then you get to these, these, you know, game situations and it's lazy routes, you know, Instead of making a sharp cut, he's rounding the edge. And you're just like, where's the guy that I saw that was, you know, 10 feet in the air with a one-handed grab?
2: (laughs) You know, you're killing me, Smalls. (laughs) Seriously. Uh, Okay, here's another name. Charles Harris. What do you think? God.
0: Uh, You mean Deion Jordan? Uh,
2: Yeah, so I haven't heard much of his name in camp thus far. I don't know whether to take that as a good thing or a bad thing. So what are your Uh it's it's it's
0: man, when you get when you get blocked out by Mike Gazicki, you know, even if it's practice, I mean, what does that say? What does that say about you? No offense to Mike, you know, but we all know what his blocking ability is and we're realistic about it and you know, he just got blanked, and it's just, you know, you're three years in the NFL. I, I, I figure that a tight end shouldn't stand you up as a starting defensive end in the NFL.
2: Yeah, so if we we take that at face value, and that's the way that it's going to continue to be, have you seen some players from a pass rush standpoint kind of emerge even to be in a, in a position to take Charles Harris job.
0: Uh, You know, this has actually been one of my biggest question marks, this position group coming into camp, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, so I've been kind of closely watching to see who can step up. Uh, It's, you know, it's so hard to, it's so hard to know because there's all the would be sacks that are get pulled up and, you know, they let the quarterback throw. There's definitely been some guys that have gotten close. I think tank Carradine, has had a pretty solid training camp. Uh, mm-hmm. He looks he looks physically great. You know, I'm hoping that he kind of turns it, turns it on here. Uh, you know, I know Jerome has been getting some looks, and he's flashed. I just don't know how much you want to put him on the edge when you want his ball skills in that second level, you know, guarding those right. running backs, guarding those tight ends. So can you ask him to consistently rush the passer? Um, you know, I think that we'll see Christian Wilkins out there. I think they'll give him his shot on the edge, especially if you want to say, you know, Vincent Taylor and Devon Godchow are, Mm -hmm. you know, run up the middle with you and you can put maybe Carradine and Wilkins on the edges. But, you know, we, we also don't know what defense they want to run. You know, we're going to see the hybrid fronts. We're going to see the four threes, the 34s. So, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of, I think, I think what they'll end up doing is masking their deficiencies of that position as well as they can.
2: Yeah, totally. Have you seen them just come out in a a wide variety of defensive formations or has it been fairly cookie cutter? I
0: I mean, they've come out, they've stacked the line, they've lined up linebackers on these, you know, on the outsides of the DMs. You know, it seems like they're trying to give their quarterbacks different looks and it does seem like they're trying to maybe mix up some of their fronts, but nothing that's been crazy exotic. Okay.
2: Um, it seems like maybe it's a little bit more not um, not from a blitzing standpoint, but just getting linebackers up to the line of scrimmage and and either disguising what they're doing, either coming up to the line of scrimmage and then drop back, or so I don't think they're going to give away too much in terms of the uh, crazy stunts and exotic blitzes but it does seem like they are kind of programming their linebackers to get more comfortable playing at the line of scrimmage would you say that's accurate
0: I would definitely say that's accurate uh there was actually a play today where the you know the linebackers you know pre-snap showed a blitz on one of Josh Rosen's reps and you know he actually took too long getting the play going he got to delay a game but it was nice to see that you know, the defense didn't just line up with linebackers on the line. You know, they had, they made that adjustment and showed a different front, you know, kind of as the snap count was going to confuse him. And it did. You know, I mean, it was pretty clear that, you know, he wasn't you know sure of what he was seeing and it caused the penalty. And I like seeing things like that. I think that's something that Matt Burke maybe was a little bit too shy to do.
2: Yeah, I feel like the defenses in Miami have been fairly boring recently, so it's going to be nice to at least be kind of on the frontier of, of how to play new, modernized defense in the NFL. Let's Sorry. go back. Let's go. Yeah, go ahead. I
0: was going to say, it's a little sad that the best defense we had was probably about the Wildcats season, 2008. You know, yeah, just, That was the was last that, time we really had a great defense.
2: Was that a Mike Nolan defense?
0: I believe that was, and then Dan Hedding came in the next year, and Dan Hedding constantly had balls the size of BBs, so <laughs> he wouldn't uh, pull the trigger when he needed to.
2: Let's go to our first rounder. You had mentioned he's been moving around the defensive line a little bit. What's just been your takeaways from Christian Wilkins' camp so far?
0: He is strong at the point of attack. You definitely see what an athlete he is. You you see the high effort, you know, he's not walking in here. Oh, I'm a first round draft pick. You know, I don't have to come out here and put in high effort. You know, he's definitely a lunch pail guy. You know, I mean, we've, we've all seen these reports, you know, he's driving his girlfriend's car. He's not, he doesn't spend money. You know, he seems like a very, uh, reserved, quiet guy. So it seems like he's very focused on his job and, and being the best he can be. And, you know, he comes from a championship program, so he knows what it takes to win. And, you know, you definitely see that level of effort
2: from him. I had a chance to interview him at the NFL Combine, and his story is amazing. You don't hear of many college football players. They get two degrees while they're in uh, college, and he was able to do that in three and a half years. Mm -hmm. So just an an incredibly focused young man. I think we, we struck gold there. So I have two more questions for you, Eric. And by the way, for everybody listening at home, just to remind you, I'm talking to Eric Trader, longtime Dolphins fan, has been to training camp like 23 or so straight years, and he's been my eyes and ears for the 2019 Miami Dolphins training camp. Eric, give us an under-the-radar player that maybe not anybody's talking very much about that you think has a real chance sticking on this team.
0: Uh, you know, one guy that I really like, and I know that I've seen a little bit of chatter about him, but, uh, you know, uh, Joan Smith, the left tackle who's been running with the second team, I mean, you want to talk about the little things you look for on a guy that's trying to fight for a roster spot, hustle, you know, just high effort, always, you know, first in the group, always close to the coaches, you know, that's, that's the kind of guy that I see that puts in the... The day-to-day effort that impresses coaches more than the high, the high-effort flashy
2: plays. Eric, I'm not gonna pin you down and ask you for a win-loss record or anything. I think that's a boring conversation. Anyway. Oh, please don't. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's just not. That's just not me. Anyway, <laughs> I, I do want to gather though. What are your expectations for this team in 2019? In
0: 2019. I very much see this team gaining the familiarity with the system so that with all the draft picks they have in 2020, they can bring in these new guys and basically plug them into the system that's already, you know, kind of self-sufficient. Everybody knows what they're doing, so you just kind of bring in these new guys and the veterans bring them up to speed. And, you know, I I know some people are saying Flores is playing to win and I you know I get it. You know, every coach wants to win, but you know, I think that the the lack of depth at some of the most important positions on both lines, you know, is just gonna end up being an Achilles heel for us. You know, I don't think that we'll be able to consistently rush the passer. I don't know how well we'll be able to consistently run the football. And that's fine as long as we're working
2: towards something. Yeah, and, you know, injuries are the ultimate grim reaper for any NFL team. So it's going to be a roll of the dice this year like it is any other NFL season. Eric, thank you so much for spending some time with me tonight. Watch out for anybody eating Frost and Flakes next to you. And get to training camp safely and uh, keep reporting stuff to me. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Sutton. All right. Hey, everybody, stop what you're doing. Follow this man, Eric Trader. He's at Bleed Aqua Orange at Twitter and uh, have a good week and everybody be safe.
1: We drink the ball from cold to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking super cold, cause we're the Miami Dogs.